This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 237 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now joining me on today's show is Phil Singleton. Phil is a web designer, an SEO expert and an award-winning author. Phil has owned and operated, or he does own and operate, a digital agency based in the Kansas City and he co-wrote the Amazon bestseller, SEO for Growth, which has also been listed as a top marketing book by Mashable, Oracle, and of course, the Huffington Post. Now, his latest venture is Podcast Bookers, a service that helps marketers and executives get booked and established podcasts and get booked on established podcasts. And of course, today we're featuring him on this show. Now, Phil's going to share on this particular episode, the biggest bang for buck digital marketing tactic. He's going to talk about uh, the best way to build authority and personal branding for startups, small businesses and solopreneurs, as well as how to tweak your website to be sure it matches Google's search quality guidelines. If you don't know what they are, you need to listen and watch because uh, Phil's going to share what those are in a moment. So welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Anne-Marie. There's so much information online. It can become overwhelming for ambitious entrepreneurs of what to do, what not to do. The changes that often happen with Google, uh, as an example, can be really difficult to, to keep in touch and up to date with what's uh, working and what's not working. Because sometimes what we've been doing, it's like, don't do that anymore because that's, that's actually going to see your results plummet. So I'm so glad that you're here on the show. Just share with everyone, if you will, um, I always love to give it people an opportunity just in a very snapshot uh, viewpoint on what led them down to the business uh, that they're now running because sometimes it taps into the passion and experiences that we've had and it's really nice to kind of set the show up. Oh, I'm happy to do that. I am. Um, I took really an unconventional path to digital marketing really. Mm-hmm. I am um, in, in college. I actually got a D in computer science and almost flunked out of it, um, which is, you know, which is really ironic that I make a pretty good living on computers today. Yes. Um, but even after that, I rolled out of school, uh, college into, into the insurance industry. And I was there for three or four years and uh, I was really happy to have a job out of school that I could pay the, get an apartment, pay the bills. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. pretty quickly, you know, once I was in that career, I was just like, this is not for me. The days the hours at work stayed the same, but the days started to feel really, really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watching the clock, yes. um, you know, getting up in the morning seemed like to be more and more of a drag. And it was because I was doing something I didn't have any passion for. 
And towards the end of that, uh, I guess it was probably three and a half on the fourth year. I am um, probably was somehow losing my mind a little bit. And I also mm. take another step back to say I was really confident. I felt in high school mm. uh, and college. And then when I got out um, into the real world, it was like a rude awakening for me. And yeah. I developed all sorts of, I didn't realize, I guess maybe had low self-esteem or a lack of confidence, mm. all sorts of anxiety issues kind of just felt like the world came down me. And I really had difficult doing diff- difficulty doing anything in terms mm-hmm. of communication. Um, I did a pretty good job in my job because I was enabled as, uh, as an introvert to kind of get things done. Yes. But just to kind of set it up a little bit, I was an introverted person and, and had a lot of lack of confidence. So, but at the end of that fourth year period, I figured uh, four year period, I figured this is not what I want to do. Mm. Packed up my bags, uh, uh, just really, I'll, literally in like a two week period, and uh, sold everything and moved to Asia. Wow. And I I planted myself in Taipei, Taiwan. Mm. I studied there for for you know two years. Ended up meeting my wife, um, who we're married with today, and have two, have two twin boys. Yeah. Um, and ended up getting my an MBA in international business. I came back to the wow. states for that, and then got a job that took me back to Taiwan. So I was there a total of ten years. Yes, um, life changing thing for me. Really exciting and mm. adventure. Uh, but somehow during the, that path of going into another culture, learning mm. the language. Um, being able to get uh, succeed in the in business and in a whole nother culture, yes. all of a sudden gave me tons of confidence. Yes. Um, and I felt like towards the end of that stint there, I could pretty much do anything. Yeah. And what had happened uh, towards the end of that 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 period was uh, a, a software company basically fell into my my lap, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother story. But that's really what woke me up into the power of Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and even back then, this is going back 15 years ago, most of the software we were selling online was coming back, coming through affiliate marketers, people that were using AdWords early on. Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind mm-hmm. how we would pay these affiliate marketers back then 50, maybe even up to $100,000 a month. Um, and we were getting 50% of the sale. We're giving the big affiliates like 50% of the sale. Said, how is this happening? Well, it's yeah. because they had the sites, mm-hmm. they had the forums, they had the community. Um, they had a banner up on their site. They'd click to us, and then we'd pay them on the sale. So that really just, you know, for a finance guy that was just learning digital for the first time, really just kind of blew my mind and said, mm. okay, I see what's happening here. Even back then, Google kind of had a stranglehold on, on the digital process for sure. So it's like everything now yes. um, that they've got their hands on. Too. Yeah. So that was really the, the uh, eye-opening experience. Mm. Um, then we ended up selling that venture. I came back to the States in 2005, planted myself in Kansas City where I've got some extended roots. And I did this one website still at this time you, the guy got a d in computer science no coding experience no web design experience but i ended up um, doing this barter arrangement to build a, a website for a small business that i really had no business telling the guy i could do it mm-hmm. but i just figured you know what i know how google works and even if i can't figure out how to build this guy a simple website i'll pay out of my pocket so yes. i won't fail on him so I, I made a promise i couldn't keep ended up self-studying a little bit again this is 2005 i was 35 years old at the time and um, made this guy a website on barter and um, 60 days later, he calls me back and says, I don't know what you've done. You've changed my business. You've changed my life. And I was like, boom, <laughs> finally, it. I know what I want to do when I grow up. You know what I mean? It was like the most rewarding professional thing it. anyone had ever told me. Yes. And I was like, I can make some money on this too. So mm-hmm. that's really what put me on the path today is I started doing that. That one barter turned into a couple more. Mm-hmm. I built some testimonials and reviews and word of mouth, my own rankings. And it, you know, here we are 13 years later done hundreds and hundreds of websites yes uh, we have scores of digital marketing clients now i'm out there writing books getting on podcasts mm-hmm. doing all this personal branding and authority and it's kind of been growing from there but that's that's probably a little bit longer path that you but you kind of have to know sometimes how <laughs> oh. people get there because i'm the poster boy for if he can do it anybody can you do know it. what yeah, exactly exactly and you know what i love about that i mean how many people sadly 
um, have been labeling themselves all this year, all these years by what they were told in college. And I love those stories where young kids were told by their teachers or someone you'll never make it and that they had something an inner tenacity or whatever it was uh, that said you know what I'm going to show them you know something different and now their pathway has just taken them to to places and spaces that no one would have dared to dream really the world is our oyster and it's what we make of it and you know those challenges that we face we use those as stepping stones up you know, up and out. And uh, I love that. And, you know, as a digital marketer, you know that while statistics and case studies and, and all of that and figures are important, what's also important is the stories that we share online, because if they resonate with our audience, people get us, we understand them. And uh, that's really where the relationships build. Really so I love end up rem stories. remembering, right? At some yeah. point, they kind of remember your story a little bit more than they yes. do. Maybe even some, hopefully they grab some of the tactics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know what really strikes me too that I want to make this one point is, you know, when you get it, I think people don't realize, I look at this looking forward, people I think don't realize the first job that you get out of school, if you let it, I think it, I felt like I was getting pulled down somebody else's destiny because it was mm -hmm. like, I got into this job in the insurance industry. And so all of a sudden, if I let it because it started making more and more money and stuff, all of a sudden I'm this unhappy person that's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, just got these golden handcuffs going down, not doing what I really wanted to do and looking yes. around at the guys that had been there. Some of them had already been there 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Yes. And they just looked like corporate. So I'm sure some of them are passionate about what they do, but for me, it wasn't it. No. And I just didn't want to, I was like looking at myself, that's just not me, you know? <laughs> and I had to make this like drastic change to change yes. the trajectory of my whole life really is what it felt like i was mm -hmm. busting out into somebody else's destiny and i just really looking back i feel like that could happen to some people because people don't realize it yeah. the first thing you get out of school people just take whatever they can get but mm -hmm. you also have to realize that if you stay with it it can kind of pull you you know in oh, maybe a different direction many, you weren't meant to go down oh, how many people are living the dream that their parents wanted Yes. Right. That is the biggest lesson. And my previous career was in a career, as a career coach and nothing would sadden me more was when I was speaking to an executive who I knew really didn't love their job, wasn't passionate about it, didn't wake up on a Monday morning and went, woohoo, I'm going to work. You know, I'm going to impact the world. I'm going to impact whatever it is. And every day we get to do that. You with your clients and, of course, with the, the information you share. Because by getting our content out there, we're making a difference in the world with our message, which is what our motto is, making a difference one message at a time. So let's talk about the biggest bang for the buck in digital marketing today. What's that tactic? I think, you know, what, what's come down to is we basically have become a um, review-based culture. So we go out and want to look for anybody, really, whether it's a product or a service or a consultant. Um, somewhere during down that purchase pass, we're looking for some social proof that's going to help us make the decision for us. Because if mm -hmm. we're looking for something, we're really just looking for the something. So make yes. it easy for me, right? Mm -hmm. If I need a plumber, just show me the best one that's got the plumber. And, the, and if you, a lot of the ways we do that is we go up and we take a look, we look at their website, we, you know, we see all these things that get us to get us to know, like, and trust them. Mm -hmm. But when somebody has many more positive reviews than the next guy, mm -hmm. it just makes it so much easier to pick them or at least put them on the short list. But in some cases, just pick them right off the bat and make the yes. phone call and schedule. Yes. Um, so, but so many people don't have what, you know, this review mindset where they go out and have a system in place. Mm -hmm where they're trying to get reviews and then document them either on their website or on the third-party platforms where it really helps them convert new sales. Mm -hmm. um, because that is the really, to me, it is part of the, the new um, 
the new word of mouth marketing. Mm -hmm. I, did, I gave a, a speech today in front of 400 people and I told them how I've done a few decisions in the last couple of years, which is last year, my pediatrician, because one of my, my sons has a, an allergy and she said, okay, you should go see an allergist. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the old days, if your doctor here referred you to a specialist, you basically just went to them. Exactly. Well, I did what I think everybody else does. Mm -hmm. I Googled up who she referred me. Mm -hmm. They had a terrible Check website and they had like two, two, you know, they had like 12 reviews that were like two stars. I'm, like, I'm not going to these people. No. Right. So I went and did my own research and I found, so even in the word of mouth place, not, you know, where you got this great stuff. And I tell people this all the time. Mm. You may think that you get a lot of word of mouth marketing. You probably do get a lot of word of mouth sales and business, but you don't realize how many you might be losing. Mm. Just because you got four didn't mean there was actually 10. Yes. And the other six didn't come to you because your website wasn't good enough or you didn't have good enough reviews or the other guy had way more reviews than you. Yes. So the biggest bang for the buck really to me, because anybody can do this without even hiring a digital marketer mm -hmm. is making sure that you go out and have a system in place or at least a process or the discipline yes, to yes. ask Husky, happy customers mm -hmm. to give you reviews in the places that become really important yes. and that you repurpose them. So if somebody gives you a good review on LinkedIn, or on Google or on someone else, you cherry pick the best ones and put them up on your website mm -hmm. and you make sure whatever marketing you're doing, you pull them back to those reviews. So it helps get people to, to trust you and maybe warm up and do it. And, but so few people do this. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. It has to be part of the progress, go. doesn't it? All the process, as soon as you finish with a client, um, have some form of process that checks back in with them, make sure um, you know that you've provided quality service. And I know Google itself provides an opportunity for people to write reviews. In actual fact, uh, I rarely go to the doctors, but I did go back a couple of months ago and I noticed that there were a couple of real negative comments on there. And I know that the team there is, is far from that. So when I went to the receptionist, she was absolutely lovely, very polite. And I watched her, I observed her as she was dealing with everyone else, same, you know, same uh, approach. So I went back and I made sure that I get, gave a glowing review because I thought I did not want that negative one to be there. And I noticed people are actually liking that comment because I get notified uh, from from that. And, and you're going, you're, you're, that's great because that's very uh, nice of you to do it. But, but the real, I think, um, point here for a lot of folks is people are really incentivized online to leave negative reviews mm. because and then the positive ones, a lot of people you go ask and maybe 10 people say yes, one or two might actually end up following through. Yeah. So having a system in place and asking them, making it easy, and then having mm -hmm. some process where you ask a couple of times um, is really important because most, most people go out and they get a good service or a good product. They don't, don't have to say. expect to have to maybe no. <laughs> review. Everybody wants reviews. On the other hand, if it's a negative thing, they'll go out and find five or six places to write about. I mean, they're really incentivized to yeah. a negative one. Mm -hmm. And that's really what a lot of the whole review and online things become. It's become a collection point for people to kind of vent. Yes. Right. Um, but the thing is, people want to punch us on the uh, purchase on the positive one. So the more proactive you can be, um, the better shot that you'll have to do it. And you'll mm -hmm. also kind of almost if you get really proactive about it, you'll you'll be able to defend uh, negative ones that might happen because everybody's going to run into the outlier mm -hmm. out there who you can't please. They had a really bad day and you came to their mm -hmm. house and fixed something when they, when they were just having a personal problem, they vented on you and they went, that, that's just, but the best way to defend against those inevitable situations that are going to happen maybe over the course of years is to already have a hundred reviews up there because right. everybody expects to have one. But if you've only got three and it's a two, two and a half star rating, that really, really hurts, you know? Yes, and yeah. I tell people this all the time where they'll go out and they'll be doing this traditional marketing outside. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that 
every everything pretty much these days filters back to the internet. So if yes. you're going to be doing a radio or a print or anything traditional, even like we discussed word of mouth, and you don't, you're not in a position online to catch your own demand. Mm-hmm. You let other people like me who work with clients, we steal that from folks mm-hmm. because they'll go do stuff on. I had worked with a guy um, here recently in Kansas City. They were doing all sorts of TV reviews for stuff for a mm-hmm. home services type thing, but they had a two star rating on Google. Uh, so they created all this check, demand on they? TV. Yeah, they don't check. Is it because they're not checking? They're not reviewing. Just what people, is being found online? We yes. all, it's really, really weird. It's like a, a, a you know, Jekyll and Hyde thing, I think, where people, mm. everybody uses and buys on reviews these days. But for some reason, when it comes to our own business, we just forget, you know, it's like, yeah. we don't think it applies to us. No. Right? A lot of folks, or or we don't out. think that people are saying anything about us where in actual fact it is. And we can manage that. Like you said, there may be a couple of negative reviews. Those people that are just, as you said, the outliers who you just can't really please them no matter what you do. But you've got an ability to respond, I think, to any negative. And I think sometimes for companies who are thinking, I don't want to do anything like that because what if we do get negative reviews? You know, I think it's an opportunity for you to transform it. How do you interact, you know, act with them? Can you say to them, we're really sorry, let's get offline and we see if we can uh, improve that or do something different so that you've got a happy experience. You can turn that customer around, that negative review to one that they rave about you because I think at the end of the day, it's the experience that you create and you've got an incredible opportunity because how many people still don't provide a negative review, but what they vote with is their wallet and they'll go to your competitors and you've not got an opportunity then to transform their mindset about your business that, hey, I was unhappy and they went out of their way to change that experience. They'll rave about you to to their, uh, you know, to their colleagues and their community once you do that. That's all part of personal branding, isn't it? How you created an experience that people are talking about you positively. What are some of the other things that you see that businesses are not doing that you know can build authority and personal branding, particularly for startups, small businesses and solopreneurs? Well, the biggest thing that, that I see with a lot of businesses is, you know, a, a marketing problem in general really is that a lot of businesses, they want leads or new sales or they want to grow mm. and they try marketing tactics and they kind of hip shoot stuff and try things where they really need a strategy. So I think this is one thing that a lot of people have written things about. But for me, what it all really boils down to is most people, most businesses out there think of their website as a static digital brochure. Mm. And what it really needs to be these days is a marketing platform for your business. Because the reality is, it doesn't matter what you're doing. We're all website businesses now. Mm. It, it's just the reality of how, of how the world, I think, works right now. Yes. But still, people treat the website as a static kind of a digital brochure where mm-hmm. they essentially just write about things about their products and services and just kind of act like it's a, a brochure where they've got a captive audience, which they don't. Mm. And they describe things where it should really be a marketing platform and the referral source for all your content. So this big problem that we have is that people really should be, what they do is they have the static digital, the static, mm-hmm. static website. And if they do anything where they're investing anything online, they typically will put like their best content up on a social media platform ah. where it's got a chance to get some real time eyeballs for a little bit and then it kind of fades away. Mm-hmm. But it's never documented on, on a website, website where it could be where it yes. can be archived through Google and pulled up as an answer to somebody's mm-hmm. question or something later to grow it yeah, out that way. Yeah. So it's really easy though, if you, if you think of your website as, as a marketing platform where you can mm-hmm. put your best content on your site, 
and then share that out so people can get the little carrot out there and have to come back. Yes. Now you can get them with the call to action stuff. You can give your all. You can get get your special offer. Mm. You can tag them with like a Facebook pixel or an advert. You can do all sorts of things on the website once mm. once once the traffic comes back to it and you can tag them and show a bunch of things. Mm. But that's not the way most businesses um, do it. So, in order, I think to be able to build your own personal branding and authority it really all comes back um, to your website. And you, you mentioned, or I think one of the things we wanted to cover today was like, how does a business owner do that? How do they use mm -hmm. that as a vehicle? What's a good strategy now that you, you say, okay, I understand Phil, what you're saying is we've got to, we've got to treat our, our, our website as a marketing platform. What should we be doing mm -hmm. um, so we can actually accumulate authority and, and build our personal brand? So one of the things that we like to do, I, most of the things, strategies that I do that work, uh, I do for myself. And yes. then if it works really well, then, then I'm you out there kind of trying yeah, to package it. it for the clients, mm -hmm. right? So my favorite tactic to do this, and it's something I wish I would have done years ago, but I think I've perfected over the last like 24 months or so, is to, you know, it all comes back to the website. And a lot of it comes back to making sure that you know what you're keywords that you're going after so keyword research is really important because mm -hmm. you're going to see in a minute how i create this string of events which if you don't string them all together they end up being random shots and they just mm, don't give you don't 10x give you ROI, momentum. they give you yeah. 1x roi so so we do the keyword research we make sure that we were writing about things that are actually searching for mm -hmm. and we do want to do a little bit of research and there's all sorts of great tools for this and my favorite one is a free one from google within their adwords platform which yes. you can sign up for there's a little toolbar up in there called keyword planner you can literally type in three keywords that are related to your business and they'll shoot back 500 keywords about how people are actually searching yes. for your products and services it's amazing it's almost like you're cheating it's so much great information because mm -hmm. you're see, you know, a lot of people will guess like i think my clients yeah. are searching for this and that but google gives you the answers right there so Sorry, you know where to look <laughs> then you can take that yes. now you can reverse engineer your website your whole content calendar kind of falls in front of you mm -hmm. and then you know what things to work and how what what words to weave into your website so you can increase its, its ranking potential but you take that information mm -hmm. and then because you never want to write content or do anything i think for just the search engines but i also think you never want to create content without seo and keywords in mind yes. because having that ahead of the time you can really get a lot more free traffic from Google if you, again, if you kind of weave these both together and be a little mm -hmm. more strategic about it. Yeah, so sure. we do that. We do our, set up our website. We do the keyword research. And then we've got a blogging strategy where we want to do blogs and series of like 10 or 15 posts at a time. Really? And the reason we do that is because we want to do them in a way that's almost like a table of contents. So we can shoot, we can post each one mm -hmm. as a standalone, as a standalone um, blog post that we can then distribute to social media and have people come back and read. Yes. Um, but at the end of the 10 or 15 weeks, we can stitch them together into a nice little ebook. Mm. Well, then that ebook becomes a nice PDF call to action on the website that you can use to collect emails. And, and then um, and do all sorts of things. We got a little mini, mini launchable piece of content for you. Mm -hmm. But the next step that we do where it gets, starts to get a little more interesting is we take those and then we spin them up into Amazon Kindle eBooks. Okay. Now all of a sudden our clients become published authors up on Amazon. Yes. Ends up being a little bit more of a game changer because you're up on Amazon, you're perceived as a as an author, you've got an author page, mm -hmm. a really cool unknown, and it's really easy to do, and it's it's fairly inexpensive. You can do it yourself, and it's free to do it on Amazon as long as you have the content. Find somebody to help you bundle the stuff up. Mm. So you get a great author page that enables you to pull your um, your blog feed up onto the site. Oh. And you get these killer backlinks from Amazon, which is so a super from your website, authority. which you've now got all of those great articles. And just before we move on, the, when you say in blocks of ten to fifteen blog posts, you're not saying 
release them all at the one time. Do them over a week by week. So yeah, those week, 10 to 15, to week. yep, great. But then see if you go out and say, I, I love your strategy, but if you don't think about the keyword stuff early on, you can't yeah, stitch all this exactly, stuff together later. Exactly. But it doesn't take that much more time if you just put a little bit of thought process yes, into it. I see how um, that works. Yeah, but so, so then on. we take that Kindle, yeah, that mm. Kindle piece, now all of a sudden, you're becoming an author, you're becoming a published author. That directly relates to personal branding and authority, right? Because all of a sudden, most of your competitors aren't there, aren't going to have a book or an ebook no. or whatever it is published. And they're certainly not going to have one published on Amazon. People just don't realize how easy it is to do. Mm -hmm. um, now you've got a book where we could take that book and then use that as a way to um, start a podcast guesting campaign. Mm. Now you see where I'm going with this. Yes. All of a sudden, now you're, you've got a one sheet. You're pitched as an author in your space. All of a sudden, you start getting booked on podcasts, and you actually have people with, like yourself, Amory, that actually have been doing this a long time, have an audience, have a trusted audience, mm -hmm. and you read a um, a couple paragraphs maybe that we provide in the bio. When you say Phil Singleton is an expert in SEO, it's worth a million times more when I say it. Yes. It's worth zero. When Third I say party it. validation, so, isn't it? It's, it's somebody else saying it, it's getting posted. And all of a sudden you do these guesting campaigns. Well, you know, one of the things that SEO folks use right now to, to try and move the needle is something called guest blogging. But it's become very spammy. It, it works uh, to some yeah, degree, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. really help your branding or authority because all you really get from guest posting on third-party websites is a backlink back. And it counts some for SEO, but you have to be really careful about that. But when you get guested on somebody else's website, the whole episode's about you. Mm -hmm. It's you're, it's not like you got a little thing on, and, and there's a whole write up a lot of times with with show notes and sometimes a whole transcript. Um, that is the the definition of, mm -hmm. of branding and authority, right? Because they're yes. they're putting up a whole post on you versus if you go do one of these spammy um, uh, guest posting things, it, it might mention you, it might not. Mm -hmm. You might just get a backlink, but there's very little. Um, it's not it, the production value of the whole that whole piece of content is much lower yes. than getting guests on. So you can see where this kind of really feeds in. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden you do this, if you've got your own podcast like I have, I think that's really important, but you have to grow that out organically. Mm. But when you go through a guesting campaign, you're getting access, you're almost doing one of these, um, it's almost like a mini kind of a grassroots town hall strategy. Yeah, You're getting in front of maybe 50, 100, sometimes 5,000 or 50. You don't have people, that a bigger audience been doing it a long time, mm -hmm. but you're leveraging other people's audiences. They already trust you. So to me, I mean, that really does help snowball that personal branding and authority. Absolutely. And you're getting like targeted traffic back to your website and somebody that already people already trust are doing that on your behalf. Mm -hmm. So when I go talk to somebody like yourself, I get to talk about something I'm, I have a lot of expertise in. We say goodbye. And then you go do all the work pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. You produce the show and you do it and you help distribute it. Of course, the onus is on us as a guest to also cross promote it in our network. And that's part of the benefit of doing this kind of stuff. But there's a phenomenal amount of value in, in, in people going out and do this. Yes. And for me as a marketer, what's great is when I get my clients to buy into that, they're kind of helping me do my homework for me. Yeah, yeah. They're getting guested it's, on it's shows once or twice so a month. Important. They're getting backlinks. They're getting stuff. <laughs> yes. And another trick that I've done that's been phenomenal is sometimes people on the host don't transcribe their own show notes. Mm -hmm. Well, I've gone and asked, can I transcribe the notes and make that a guest post on my site and release mm. it later? Yeah. A lot of people say yes. I did my very first one last year. I transcribed the show notes. And if you do a Google search for SEO podcasting benefits or the mm -hmm. podcasting benefits uh, for SEO, it ranks number one globally. And it's yeah. somebody else's show transcript I'm yes. sorry, yeah. that I repurposed for my own site. So it didn't affect her because she only did the episode mm. notes for her. I, so I took mm. the transcript. So there's all sorts of things you can do. Which Repurpose, leverage, back. absolutely. I think people All leave the way so back. Much. <laughs>
but you have to start with your, it's almost that whole strategy to get yeah. the full benefit on it. Mm -hmm. The full circle comes around with the guesting because you're getting links and traffic back to your site. Yes. Right. So this is one of those things where it's like, for me, I'm always looking for hacks where I can do spend a little bit of time and a little mm -hmm. bit of effort and get massive amounts of value. And this process has worked phenomenal. Mm. I mean, for me, myself, and now it's starting to work for other clients. Yeah. And it's the branding and the personal authority that really does make the difference in, at the end of the day. So if you're working on your review strategy, you do a search here in Kansas City for Kansas City web designers. You know, mm. I've got 130 reviews. I've written a book. I'm on pop. I really differentiated myself from the crowd just because I've positioned myself as an expert. Yes. What I and love about what you're doing is you are what, what people call a practitioner rather than an educator. You're actually doing it. And I'm similar. I don't say or suggest anything to my clients unless I'm using it myself or we've tried it with clients. We know it works. Otherwise, it's just information. It's just data that hasn't been tweaked, hasn't been perfected to a point where we really know that it, it is being leveraged. And I think many people tend to, to forget about that, don't they? And they try all these different things. But just like your strategy with the keywords is so important. I have the same with my clients about their podcasts. I think I've got to have content. So they're sharing all this content, but it's got no relevance to really their brand message. They've got no what I call podcast profit pipeline. How are you going to get people back? Are you capturing all of this new new you know uh, information or content contacts of people who love your show? And they don't. They leave so much. And you probably see the same. You see all these people doing little bits but it's not integrated and it hasn't started from what's the purpose what's the keywords so 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 important tell me what's the the one tweak or how to tweak your website to be sure it matches Google search quality guidelines because this is important too yeah, this is like one of my all-time favorite like little hacks in fact again I gave a, a, a I've been talking about this one quite a bit because it's like, it's just a surprising to me how um, how there's this really cool thing out there that most people don't know about and mm -hmm. and what it is is that Google has employed, and they've done this for years, mm -hmm. um, where they've employed an army of independent contractors. And I think there's maybe up to 15,000. I know there's a minimum of at least 10,000, but they're basically, they're called search quality evaluators. Mm -hmm. So they're these people that are out there literally just day in and day out doing random Google searches and then checking the quality of the results wow. and reporting back to Google. Yes. Um, so it, it's so it's like the physical person that, that's checking the actual the eyes that belong to real human beings. <laughs> exactly, it's just a manual check for them. For yeah. Google paying somebody ten thousand, these guys is probably dropping the bucket. So yeah, um, to do this, so it's just one of their checks. But the cool thing about this, and this is kind of where the hack is, is Google has come up with a document that they call the Google Search Quality Evaluator Guidelines. So five uh -huh. words: Google Search Quality Evaluator Guidelines. And I want people to remember that because you can actually Google it first thing that you do is the PDF document that they actually use to train people is freely available to everybody. Download it and, and know what it says. <laughs> exactly. And so inside this document, you have to understand is they're, they're not paying all they, first of all, Google, they don't release documents like that unless they poured over every single word of it. So to me, I don't take anything for granted, mm. but they literally go in and tell you, Hey, and these people that they hire, they're not like, they don't try and go hire like rocket scientists or engineers. Mm -hmm. They're just regular people. Yeah. You know, so they write they write this thing up to be very straightforward and easy to understand. It is pretty detailed, but it's very easy to understand. Mm. But but the points of it is there. They go in and they really and they know people that read it. The 160 pages aren't going to walk run away with a bunch of stuff. But there are a few acronyms and like abbreviations that they use that are really important. And the most important one, the one I like to talk about, is called EAT, and it's in there like dozens of times. They talk mm. about EAT, EAT, and that is expertise, authority, and trust. And they just hammer this. They say. 
what we're looking for, what we want you to find and report mm. to us is, does this web page, when it comes up, does it have ex does it show expertise and authority and trust in that? And then they give you specific examples of what they're talking about. So when I say something like EAT expertise, authority, what does that mean? Well, how does that yeah. manifest? What's what's it on the site? Well, what they said they tell you very specifically things like we want to see a phone number, we want to know an address, we want to know who wrote the content on the page. Mm -hmm. There has to be something called um, they want you to rate what they call MC the main content, and many times. In the document, they refer to or they ask you, is there a satisfactory amount of main content? Mm -hmm. They don't want thin pages. They want more stuff. And they'll go in and they say, they specifically say, look for reviews, look for industry associations, look for third-party reference websites that reference you. So if you start looking through these things, if it, it's like they're, it's like the, you got the answers to the high school test like in front of you. like, should I even be looking at this? <laughs> So to me, it's really exciting about this. Mm. It's like it's everything that you need to do. And the coolest thing about it is when you read through it, the way that they outline stuff, it all of a sudden just starts to look like really good holistic marketing. All these little pieces that you need to do to mm -hmm. fill on your website are things like reviews, participating in social media. It's all there. And you know if they're writing about it, that's what they're programming what their checking. algorithm yeah. to look for on your website so that they can check off the little boxes and rank your web page. So mm. you don't have to read the 160 pages, but if you download that free thing and just read like the five pages of table of contents, it's just really amazing just to read through the chapter headings because that to me almost tells you like, well, here's the things you should be working on. Yes. And that's my greatest hack. So you read that and read through it. And then it also really, if I come out and say, okay, yeah, I've written a book or I do this kind of stuff or it works for me. It's a lot different when Google has a document and they say, do this mm -hmm. and they've actually used it to train an army of people to look at it really gives a lot of i think power mm -hmm. to the things that they're saying and, and really kind of hit when i first after i read the read it with the revit last time i immediately re redid my website and if you mm -hmm. look at kcwebdesigner.com you'll see it's stacked with social proof and evidence mm -hmm. that makes me a, a natural choice for people and i stack it with expertise authority and trust I put a, I put some information on product and services, which is really what most sites do. They just kind of do the those top level things, but they don't put the information in there mm -hmm. um, that provides the expertise, authority, and trust. And there are ways to do that in websites you can look at. But that's one of my best and favorite acts. Yes. I did it for myself. My traffic went up by like 30%. My conversions went up by like 40%. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. People see that stuff. And the reason why Google says expertise, authority, and trust is because they know that's what people want. And they yes. also know that's what converts, mm -hmm. you know, and stacking that deck up. So um, that's where I think when you get to the website, you know, this is my biggest thing with, with the small businesses and specifically is you can see how frustrating it is for a marketer that sees that this work when they treat their website just as a digital brochure and kind of like the stepchild of the, they do it once they spend some money and they leave it to the side. It's just a static thing yeah. there where it's like, no, no, that's not how you grow your business and get stuff. If you put some time and invest in it and nurture it, it will help you grow and give you more leads. Yes. And I think, a lot of people are doing it the right way, but the vast majority don't. Uh, no, you know I mean? not at all. People want quick fixes or they think if they spend 10, 15, 20,000, I've heard of companies doing this, even smaller businesses are spending on getting their website designed just right, 
not realizing that a lot of the EAT that you're talking about is not in the actual design of the website. Sure, it needs to, to look nice and not, you know, old fashioned or anything like that. But it's that content, it's the authority building, it's the information you're sharing, it's the people that are giving you feedback that the information you're sharing is working. As many of us are solo, uh, solopreneurs in the um, professional services market and small businesses, you know, providing our expertise. So, so important. It can take a little time to do that, but once you build that um, level of, of uh, personal branding and expertise, that's a key foundation upon which everything else sits. Um, because that that uh, longevity, I think, is uh, no one can take that away, you know, building that. So, Phil, oh, my goodness, so much great content in, in here. Uh, uh, good because today I've got planned to do a number of things. So I'm going to go and do search those reports myself uh, and map out the next few blog posts that I'll be creating. How can people get in contact with you? Give us an overview of uh, sort of the services that you offer. Yeah, I um, well, the little website, the thekidskcwebdesigner.com, and I'm actually, it's funny because the more things that I've done that have helped me kind of start to build my authority have brought a lot of opportunities, but yeah, I've been marketing myself kind of locally, so it gets kind of mm. tough to help somebody in another mm -hmm. state or another country when you're so attached to your branding to the state, so I've actually yeah. kind of worked on that, but if you want to check out kcwebdesigner.com mm -hmm. and actually scroll through it, and you'll see some of the things that we've talked about, even mm. as a way to maybe apply EAT to your website, um, that'd be one site to check out. SEO for Growth is the book site, so we always want to try and you know have people go to SEO for Growth and, and check that out. And if you do end up buying it, um, there's a nice free bundle where we've got three books from some other authorities um, mm -hmm. in the space. Um, and then podcast bookers, again, I've gotten so much benefit out of doing. I mean, to me, it's this is like the biggest. You know, the, I think the biggest bang for the buck for a lot of businesses is to work on the reviews because they can do that without any help. Mm. If you get into the guesting thing, it does take a little more effort. And I think it's a more an advanced thing. You should work on your website first. But once you have that stuff in place, I don't think there's anything out there that's been, for me personally, mm. that's helped um, That's helped more than, than podcast guesting. I've been on over 60 shows in the last year. Yes. It's just brought me, it's brought me tons of stuff, including clients, but all sorts of stuff. So when I saw that happening, I was like, I have to offer mm. this to my clients because it's such a great thing so podcastbookers.com does this mm -hmm. um and it's got a little bit more of an seo play than some of the other booking um, services that are out there but i think if you're a solopreneur or um anybody can start doing some of this on your own there's mm. tons and tons of podcasting it was hot for a really long time in 2005 then it kind of cooled off of social media the last five years it's like on fire and it's like exploding right now yes. i don't think it's ever going to go away so that, and there's always there's shows like yours that probably get pitched all the time there's thousands and thousands of them out there that need good guests with an interesting mm. story. So it's easier to get booked on, on interest. So anybody can do this, I guess. So check out podcastbookers.com, but by all means, feel free to like get started yes. on your own and DIY this because there's lots of power in doing it if you got the time, you know, the elbow grease to put in. Uh, and I, one other thing absolutely. I'd love to tell is um, I've got this new plugin called WordPress SEO Schema mm -hmm. that enables people to add an extra level of code to their website that mm -hmm. helps once you do that, you can get things like star ratings to show up. And if you've ever done like a Google search and see like the stars in the search results or the event time, oh. or now you're starting to see things in Google, like like knowledge boxes pop up yeah. or it's like position zero. You're like, what's the recipe? All of a sudden there's a picture and like bullet points. Yeah. Well, there's a little layer of code that you can add in there that increases the chances that your webpage can be up in position zero oh, or get more yes. data pulled up into the search. So you get more bling. Mm -hmm. And then when you see stars or a review or something in the search results, that 
increases the click-through rate, which gets you more traffic. So when I've created my own plugin to do this like 12, 12 months ago or so, we've got over 130 downloads, 30,000 downloads on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the most popular plugins on, on WordPress that does this, and we're coming up with a pro version of it like right now um, to help people out. That's WPSEMplugins.com, so check that out because that'll probably be uh, available by the time this show airs. It's yes. not today, um, but it will be. And that's where you can find me. So thanks for letting me do that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> do that extended pitch. <laughs> no, my pleasure. And you know, I'm all, all about, and this is the reason I do the shows, to connect with awesome guests such as yourself. We've got a level of expertise. And I think, um, you know, any research that we can provide, information that we can provide, and also information on top quality service providers, because there are a lot of people out there who are saying they can do and support uh, ambitious entrepreneurs, but unfortunately, if you really dove just a little bit deeper, um, you'd realize that the level of expertise they say they have, unfortunately, they don't. So um, it's, I'm glad that you, you, you know, I got yeah. one resource that I'd like mm. to also mention too is, mm. You know, all this stuff about blogging and writing books, the hardest part for any small business right now, I think, is writing up content. Because I feel like blog posting is like the cornerstone of inbound marketing. You have to mm. use it to grow your website, get more pages, build authority, all sorts of stuff that Google tells you to do. But a lot of people that are business owners don't have the time to write. Yes. So having a writing resource, a freelance writer or one of these writing services that's pretty good or good enough mm -hmm. to get you consistent content on a regular basis is really, really important. For most yes. of our clients, we have to either write for them or hire because they just have, there's just no way they they've have, got their hands mm, in the business and mm -hmm. they have best intentions. But if you're not a writer, people will hem and haw hours over a 500 word <laughs> blog post where they mm -hmm. should be working on their business. Yes. Where writers can churn stuff out 30 minutes or an hour is really good. So there's a resource I can give you um, that's got a list of like top 10 or top 20 mm -hmm. third party writing resources. And I've actually used a bunch of it myself because again, we don't write stuff. But if you have that, then all of a sudden, You've got the keyword research. You send them the table of contents with some talking points. They write it for you. Mm -hmm. It comes back. It's a lot easier to edit yes. content than it is to write it from scratch, especially if you're a business owner. And all of a sudden, you've got that piece. Now you're on your way to that whole yeah. process that we said. So we, I can definitely send that because I think that is a tough thing. All of a sudden, people are like, okay, this sounds great. And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, I got to start with blog posts. And it's mm -hmm. like, who's going to write it? They put it on the shelf. It never happens. Yeah. So, so what is that resource? That Send me the link for sure of all of yes. the resources that we can include in the show notes once the audio version goes live. But Phil, I'm going to upload this video on uh, Facebook <laughs> right. today and people are going to be going, we cannot wait for the audio version. So what's that resource? And then people who are watching the video aspect uh, um, the can go. Site, um, the site is, it's actually up on the site called um, bloggerlocal.com. Mm -hmm. And I think you can search for it. I'll actually send you the link. Actually, if you, if you do a Google search for like uh, blog writing services, I think it yeah. comes up Fabulous. number one or number two. But I'll send you the direct link to it because there is some, a, a good list of ones that have been vetted and I think people try and stuff. And, yeah. you know, like anything, when you hire a writer, you have to kind of go through a couple motions of them getting you to understand you. But you know, once you have that in place, mm -hmm. I think that helps everything. You get, if you get a, a blog series going, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, you got weekly blog posts. It's going on to your website. You've got ammunition to spread out through social media. You've mm -hmm. got a book that's being written while you sleep. So getting that one piece is really the, the key. Absolutely. To done, and that can snowball effect, as you say, yes. with everything else that you add um, going down the track. Well, Phil, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Look forward to sharing all of these great resources and hearing the feedback from uh, people who are implementing. They've gone and do the, got the right keywords and uh, implementing the strategies you shared today. So thanks once again for coming on the show. You're such an awesome, awesome and gracious host. Thank you. Thank you so much. Host, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.